Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight, what happens when you retire? Well, you could join a knit and natter club. Or you could help out at sporting events all around the world, including the Newark Half Marathon. Pat Bailey has found time to pop into Sport HQ with what is going to be an absolutely amazing story. And, as it's Wednesday, Not Fast Dave joins us for a look at a busy few days for the Yellow Army. Welcome to the renowned Radio Newark Sport, and we start, as ever, with a few local headlines. James Brincat Smith's year gets better by the week. After his bronze medal in Japan, he has now been asked to join the Open team at the Western European Championships in Milan. Newark Castle Archers took part in the second round of the Nottinghamshire League at Sherwood on Sunday, with Steve Pepper giving the outstanding performance of the day and winning the Recurve Challenge. Silver medals all around for Fernwood Sword Club in Yorkshire at the weekend. James and Ed in the team competition with Ryan, Ethan and Arthur in the Youth League 24 hours later. And Newark Tri Club's Mary Swindles was in Leeds competing at the British Triathlon Championships. She competed the Olympic sprint distance of 750m swim, 40k bike and 10k run 3 hours 20.32, finishing third in her age category. While Jason Cobb was in Stafford for his first ever Ironman Challenge. Taking the 1.2 mile swim, 56 mile bike ride and 32 mile run, he came home in 6 hours 25, 17 and is now officially an Ironman. Seems funny, I had to call Stacey Atkins an Ironman last night, but never get my head around that one. And new at Lawn Tennis Club, enjoyed a good weekend with a draw against Southall and victories over West Bridgeford and the Knotts Tennis Centre. James Brinkat-Smith, Mr. Smith. Mr. Mm. Smith. Um, wonderful man. Um, wonderful man. And uh, after his exploits in Japan, he's now got an invitation to go to Milan in Italy to do a bit of powerlifting. When's he coming in again? Was one of these when he can find time to come in? Because I, I've still got his DVD of Luther. <laughs> <laughs> I know you'll get your priorities yeah, right. Yeah, I've got his DVD box set of Luther. I must get it back to him. Mm. Well, if you don't, I'll send, I'll send the boys around. Or I'll send... I'll talk longer about this tomorrow night but James when James did come in he, he told us a story about some of the problems he encountered yeah, when, when yeah. he left the forces and I know you're a great book reader mm. um, I, I, I was picking up on a story tonight about Robin Smith the ex-Hampshire and England player and he's got a new book out and he went to some very very dark places when his cricket career yeah um, was coming to end, and it, apparently in the book he's, he's not held back in in, in talking about him. And in his day, the days of Gatting and Botham and what was a drinking culture and mm. the lads, um, when he has when he asked for help, there was absolutely nothing there. 
in the, in those days there wasn't, and it's it's only recently that you can even mention something like that in a, a sports dressing room, and it will get um, treated with the respect it deserves. So um, we'll chat about that a bit longer tomorrow night. But as, as I, I know you're a, a book reader, you've actually got the time to read them. Um, but but in cricket, the cricket has got the biggest suicide rate in sport amongst people who who leave the game. Uh, when they think there's nothing else out there for them. And um, it is a, a very, very, despite being a team sport, it's a very, very individual sport, because when you're batting, you're on your own, even we, though your mates at the other you end. You know, I mean, the reason that we, we, we're saying that, and it's very poignant what you have just said, because the lady we're going to talk to in a moment, what do you do when you retire? You, you Lollipopping. Can, well, yeah, in your case, lollipopping. It's the future. Um, do you keep in a chair, or do you get yourself out there and... Uh, Risky life. And, yeah. and do what she's done. Well, not about your <laughs> lollipopping. <laughs> right, a couple of weeks ago, we, we finally got Jan Bailey into the studio after about four years of trying, and um, he happened to mention the, the globe-trotting exploits of his mother. Well, never to let a good story pass. We've tracked her down, we've flown her to Newark. Um, she's stopping at the Bailey household for a couple of days, and in between that, we've convinced her to come into the studio, and she's here now. Welcome to Radio Nutsport, Pat Bailey. Thank you very much. It's lovely to be here. Um, Lovely to be here. If I've got this right, there is going to be one heck of a story that people are (laughs) going to listen to in the next next hour. um, Possibly, yeah. I want to take you right back, because you're a Newark lady. Uh, Wasn't born here. My father was in the RAF. And he was posted to RAF Cranwell, and we uh, lived in uh, RAF Coddington, as was there at the top of the the camp. Yeah, at the camp, and um, uh, yeah, lived there, and um, yeah, so that was my start in Newark, and um, I met uh, loads of lovely people while I was here, but um, also also did some sport while I was here because I've. That, that's my... I like it. I like sport. So. The two things I want to really concentrate on in, in, in our first sec- section is um, your sports development. I understand yes. your sports development yeah. going into schools. Yes. And this, with the greatest of respect, must have been the very early days of, of sports yes. development. Yes. So I'd like to find out a yeah. little bit more of that. And I'm also told... Um, you attended no less than 16 schools in the UK and, and the Middle and East. The, and, yeah. Um, yeah. Shall, shall we start with, with the schools? Because <laughs> that is a phenomenon. I know. Well, um, like I say my dad was in the RAF and I spent most of my childhood, my young childhood, uh, in foreign places. Uh, so we lived in Egypt for three years. Uh, we went to Gibraltar, Cyprus... Uh, Bahrain, uh, Aden that was um, uh, before we came back um, my dad was into sport as well, he, he sailed um, when we were in Egypt so I remember going on the Great Bitter Lake and falling in um, so I had to have lots of injections from that, from that. <laughs> um, but yeah um, but sort of latterly um, uh, when I wanted to be in sport um, the there was lots of sport going on let's face it lots of people playing football cricket you name it uh, weren't very many coaches because in those days uh the bucket man you know at football you know the sponge uh there was no qualifications for coaches nothing like that so 
but it started coming about where Sport, Sport England or the Sports Council as was then um, decided that this was what we needed to do in this country is to develop sport um, out in the community, in schools, wherever it, it could be, in clubs. Um, so sport, the Sports Council in Nottingham, as it was based then, um, got money from the government and employed six uh, sports development officers. This was in 1989, um, and I was the only one in Lincolnshire. Um, I got a job with North Kestephen District Council, um, and I say there were six of us around the Midlands. Um, so my my role was to develop sport in North Kestephen District, which, if anybody knows it, is a huge area, absolutely huge. And um, but we were given, uh, we w- weren't given a budget. I mean, in, in those days, that would be that's the area. Yeah, Co- cover it, it, isn't it? You would know Andy Ardy then, I, I, I guess. Sorry, you would know Andy Ardy. Yes, because Andy was yeah started yeah. up the Newark one almost, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yes, yeah. yes. Oh, a lot later, a lot later, a lot later. Than that. Yeah, I'm aging him. You see, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's showing my age. No, you uh, look younger than Andy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, it was. Um, we we were just told that we needed to go out into the communities, look for an open space. We were given a load of equipment and um, uh, and go and do sport. Um, for, as years went by and more people started realising that they perhaps needed um, qualifications to actually know how to coach people, um, you know, how to deliver sport properly and safely, um, you know, that came a more, more apparent. And, um, you know, I was lucky enough I was at North Kiss Stephen District Council for over 10 years and within that time I sort of raised up the ranks and I got to be uh, sort of senior and I had um, sports development officers beneath me that was doing things, working in schools. Um, but the coaching foundation then was developed. Um, they brought on the school sport coordinator roles. Um, so they used to go into schools and um, work with... Um, feeder primary schools around a senior school and try to get the, the primary schools to do their sport and then to go into the senior schools and be ready to play sport for the school and county or whatever they want to do. So it was quite an exciting time. How difficult was it to convince the schools that somebody is coming in from the outside when yeah. you know, the master takes cricket and the master takes Absolutely, football yeah. and then this lady sort of arrives yeah. from somewhere and starts <laughs> telling them how to do it. Well, in primary schools at that time, uh, and I think it still happens in some primary schools, there were no um, specific PE teachers. There was just probably a teacher that had an interest in sport. So they used to... Because if you went round, some schools did netball and no football or cricket some did football and no netball or you know mm. it was it was just somebody in that school that had an interest so we used to go in and help the teachers to develop themselves as well as the children um and then uh, we used to feed them into the the local senior school and work with the pe staff there to develop them um but yeah some i mean no i i would say the vast majority of schools were grateful they what they wanted us in there 
there was just one or two that perhaps you know <laughs> how important i i i, 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 I know what the answer is going to be but how important is getting particularly primary school children mm -hmm. into playing a sport and not just a mainstream sport no. but how important is and get i i, I asked that because um a few years ago the government in their wisdom decided to cut all funding for primary school sports and there was yeah. a, i remember on this show we had the mp for newark and the previous headmaster here really berating yeah um the government and thankfully there's enough feedback that they actually yeah. to an extent ch changed the minds but i mean that would have been criminal yeah. i think i think um what happened was that um people think of sport you know so you you play for a team you know you you get better and and whatever but it's the physical activity that develops into the sport and i think that was a big step for some because they didn't get it basically you know you either play sport you know you play football for instance and you're in the team if you don't play football in the team then you don't do anything so it was the physical activity side which uh, encompassed lots of things. So it was developing the throwing, the kicking, you know, uh, of, of, of anything um, and to get them better, uh, more confidence, um, handball, uh, hand-eye coordination um, and also communication um, because a lot of the children were shy um you know didn't think they were good enough to to do any sport but they would play a game so we used to go in and it's surprising how many um secondary school children had forgotten the games they used to play in the playground like tig you know and used to say to them what games did you used to play and they used well, i don't know i can't remember and they used to say well tig bulldog or skipping you know and that and they just went, oh god yeah you know and then they they'd start playing in in see, this is in uh and college newark college did as well um and it was quite surprising how they'd forgotten how to play games and then i think they started to realize that without that uh knowledge that they probably wouldn't go into a proper team and play that sport, whatever it might be. Because you, you, I, I, I recall you saying in the, in the past, Tony, at your schools in Bradford, you're either in the team mm. or you're out the team, and if you're out the team, well, go and do what you like for two hours. Well, I, I was um, very lucky. I mean, I went to school at the time that sort of Pat's talking about, and I went to Bradford Grammar School, which is which was at that time one of the top three schools in the country, and so it was the the elite yeah. taught there, and 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 had had the, the, you know the, the the headmaster was the best headmaster in the business. Um, our rugby coach was the England under eighteen rugby coach, and you know <clears throat> they picked the cricket team, and there were eleven lads got in the team, the best eleven lads. They picked the rugby team, the best 15 lads got in, and everybody else learnt how to smoke behind the back sheds. Yeah. And that's one of the best schools in the country. I mean, that's, that's, that's not because my mum and dad are rich, it's because they coached me from the age of eight to pass the 11 plus to get into it, as 25% of the, the other students were, whereas 75% the mums and dads would pick them up, or the gardener would pick them up in the Rolls Royce at dinner time, and, <laughs> and then it was, it was that sort of school. But <clears throat> that is one of the top schools, and still... Only the eleven or the fifteen got in the, got involved in sport, 
and the rest of us went for yeah. fags behind the sheds. I'm so yeah. pleased you said that 15 got in the rugby. At least you played the <laughs> correct version of it. No, I, 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 I was only 11. I, 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 I learnt proper rugby at a later age. But I, th- I, I, th- I think it was uh, quite a good development because uh, introducing the physical activity side because a lot of the governing bodies of sport then realised that they, you know, not every child knows how to hold a cricket bat correctly. Mm. Um, you know, it's too heavy, the ball hurts if it hits you. So they started to, do, to develop a, a, a softer game. So with cricket, there was quick cricket, which was plastic stumps, plastic bats, a softer ball, bigger ball. Um, there was soft tennis with a bigger racket, bigger ball, lower net. Uh, hockey did the same football did the same so they started to realize that to get the kids more active and have fun that's a big thing have fun and then you know have that enjoyment to be able to go on to play you know the proper game if you like um but it's it's quite interesting because even now uh things like quick cricket especially um um they still play that now i mean this is like going back 40 odd years they play and adults play it you know because they prefer that than the other game because it's uh, <laughs> it's easier but it's more enjoyment one question before we go um for a break and talk with um, not fast dave um tony's true yorkshire grit um, <laughs> all sport should be competitive end of <laughs> i'm a great believer in um no it shouldn't be um i think rugby's got it right you learn the skills and when you get to 14 you start being competitive and you know actually what the final score was before then you haven't got a clue what the final score was Uh, whereas football at seven and eight years old you're playing you're playing to win a football match now mr yorkshire there mr (laughs) jeffrey boycott you know you play you (laughs) you play to win full stop end of Uh me slightly different where do you sit um you can upset one of us so you may (laughs) as well go for it (laughs) no i think competitiveness has a place definitely and especially uh, you know in all the world cups that we've got going on at the moment um however i think if you don't enjoy it if it's not fun how can you how can you be competitive if you're not enjoying it and there are an awful lot and i know in the past an awful lot of young young people were playing different sports who if you like were made to play you know they were they were good at what they did and one my youngest son is a classic example of that um he was very good at his sport at, at any sport a natural um but he was made to play for the school didn't want to play for the school because he didn't find it fun so he came home one day and said mum i really don't want to play for the school anymore i don't want it and so i came to the school and i told them and they they got quite arsy about it and he then decided he was going to play american football and because his brother didn't play and uh, that was a sport all of his own but it was fun and he loved it and he got um, most valuable player uh, while he played for Nottingham Caesars uh, and was exceptional and and I just think that if they don't enjoy it if it's not fun if they're not learning then the competitiveness sort of goes out the window they'll play they'll play well but is that there in their head do they really want to be there 
this American football stream must go through the family <laughs> because after four years of trying to get um, Jan Bailey in to talk about running I and failing heard. badly, I had another of my tirades about er- American football not being a sport, and it turns up. Yeah, so, um, I know. It, yeah. it must work. Right, we're going to go a quick trip to Dave Farge. You're not going to get away with your school days because you brushed over that one very quickly. <laughs> so we need, to, we, uh, we need to talk about that, and then we're going to go on a bit of a world tour. Lots more from Pat to come, including Gibraltar, Invictus Games, um, San Francisco, Toronto, Gloucester and Newark. Um, But before all that, it's the Yellow Army report from the one and only Not Fast Dave. Dave, good evening. Good evening, Mick. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. You've had a busy, busy week. I've had a very busy week, despite the weather as well, which is good. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we had... 22 members at Parkruns, uh, a few personal bests, uh, Stuart Chase, Kim Etherington-Bates, she got the first lady uh, at Newark, which I know she's been um, working very hard to get, so well done to Kim. Um, <clears throat> last week we had the Gordon Wellborn Week, so you're probably aware of what the Gordon Wellborn Week is. We had 66 of our members there. 27 of the members took on all five races, so Monday to Friday. Really good club turnout. Um uh, <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. Uh, on Saturday, we had seven members in Barkston for the uh, second annual Van Elnor Trail Race. We had three members do the five kilometre Richard Barl in 39.06, Karen Ball in 39.07, and Joe Folks in 39.06. Taking on the 10k, Peter Lane in 58.21, Jim Lovett in 58.26, Simon Locke in 58.30, and Diane Kennett in 1 hour 14.35. The the Rollins, so Breeze and Andy Rollins, they were in Yeovil for the Yeovil Marathon. Andy completed in three hours fifty two and Breeze in four hours forty two. Now that's a really good result from Breeze. It's a PB fire for thirty five minutes, so fantastic running from Breeze. Uh, Nettie Stevens, she was in Derby for the Derby half marathon, completed that in two hours twenty. In uh, much longer distance running, Angela Brown and Nett Taylor were in the Cotswolds taking part in the Heineken Race to the Tower. That's a double marathon over two days. They both crossed the finish line together in 17 hours, 14 minutes and 25. A little bit more local. Uh, we had the Collingham Crawl and Canter on Sunday. Um, there's quite a few of the members. Uh, at the time of compiling the results, uh, we had 17 members take part. Uh, full results will be um, on the Not Fast website. Some standouts are Amy Bowl, who got a new personal best, Simon Locke, he was sixth overall, Margaret Purdy got a new personal best, and Janet Davis, she was second lady back and got a personal best. So, yeah, some really good running for last week. Um, and I don't think the weather put a lot of people off. I know that we've got a few members at home, Pierpont, this evening for the new for the next summer league event um and i say summer league in very loose terms <laughs> I, th- I suppose actually it's you know i mean we can complain about the weather but with all the running the previous weekend then the gordon wellborn week and then this weekend you didn't want it to be flaming june really did you and you can put it with a little bit of a little bit of rain exactly that when it's when it's too hot like the woodall spa it was um for some members a little bit too hot um so yeah sometimes it's a good respite with a bit of rain uh, i prefer nice hot sunny weather when i run um so i'm looking forward to the summer months uh, but i know next week i think we've got uh, the summer solstice which is always a fantastic turnout for not fast 
very Friday. Very close to a, a thousand runners turned out for that, didn't I? I think it was 900 yeah, it or something is. last year, so that that's always um, a yeah, good night. I, I, d- I did happen to see, I think it was um, it was Breeze and Andy, but they, they met up with an, an old, not fast and old, not faster, is it? Or not fasties? Not faster. Not faster with a not mi- fast member, yeah, Mr. Al- Holland. Holland. Yes. Yeah, he was there. Um, so, yes, it's a good spread over the country of, uh, of runners <coughs> over the last week. And obviously, um, Going back to the, the the weather, I think a lot of people are, are hoping for a little bit nicer weather because we've got obviously the uh, New York Half Marathon coming up uh, pretty much two months to the day. It's on the 11th of It's August. coming around very quickly. It's coming around very I'm quickly. I'm sure the so. organising team are absolutely on top of everything yesterday. I'm, I'm getting the thumbs up they are organised. <laughs> yeah, definitely organised. I mean, well, the only other thing is, um, Dave, is, is, is these husband and wife teams, that, that, or boyfriend and girlfriend teams that, that go out running, they're not very gallant, are they? I mean, you would stop with the wife, the girlfriend, wouldn't you? You wouldn't just go off running in front to get a faster time, would you? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I say that. So I uh, I started running in not fast with my wife. Um, but yeah, if you're a different pace runner, then sometimes it's it's not good to slow down to a very slow pace. You know, you need to find your rhythm, find your pace. And sometimes it, it's just more natural to run it. It feels unnatural to slow yourself down when you're just not at that pace. So you know, as much as there tends to be a sense of chivalry involved, I just. Well, <laughs> that strikes me to be a cracking answer. I'll be in the pub later when you finish, Duck. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, that's brilliant. Thank you very much. Pleasure. We'll catch we'll, you again uh, next week. Speak next Wednesday. Thanks, Thank thanks. you. Bye bye. Bye. And um beans as um Philippa is sitting in the studio all, all very quiet. Um when Jan and yourself go running, do I assume that Yanny's Mr Gallant and stops with you or no, does he have to or do or do you hold back waiting for him? He doesn't wait for me at all, but well, we have often talked about if we're in the same race and 10k. Well, obviously, he would be ahead of me, and if he collapsed or something, I'd run past him. I wouldn't even check. Like <laughs> some, but he would be attended to. That someone else would see him. There is and a wonderful. There is a wonderful, not fast picture <laughs> of a lovable couple crossing the line. I think in Poland. Yeah. And in hand. I know, but like... Now, come on, isn't that what it's all about? My mum is scary. <laughs> I'd have waited for her if I'd have, <laughs> if I'd have been told to, so... I thought your dad was the boss. He pretends he is. Oh, right, I see. Pretends he is, yeah. But no, I mean, if I had any opportunity to beat Jan, I would. I ran past my brother in a marathon because I I didn't generally didn't see him, but, you know, maybe I did see him and just wanted a quicker time. She doesn't wave when you pass her when she's running down London Road either, Tony, so... No. But then again, would you wave to a strange man? <laughs> the, um, I, I suppose it was always going to be a running family then, was it, Pat? I mean, yeah, y- yeah, Jan yeah. is uh, you know, always sort of very running. proud. Of, well, he's not injured. <laughs> when he's not injured, yeah. No, when he was... Because uh, he went to Coddington Primary School and... Um, uh, one of his teachers was brilliant um, because when he when he started fidgeting a bit, she used to let him go and run round the field, uh, and then come back in and do what he had to do. So uh, yeah, he, he's always been a runner uh, and a more a distance runner than a, you know a, a hundred meters or whatever. So um, but yeah, uh. <laughs> and, and has he always been shy? <laughs> he's very deep. Right. <laughs> Until he starts talking about American football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
he, d- he he only tells me stuff that he thinks I ought to know. <laughs> no, you only tell you, you know you only tell your mum stuff that she can find out from somebody else. <laughs> that's, that's what you. That's what yeah. you tell your mum. Yeah. <laughs> um, very quickly, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm still intrigued. Sixteen schools in yeah. what effectively was yeah. probably twelve years. Yeah. Um, without being disrespectful, how do you learn anything? Well, that was difficult because some of the schools, um, it was the role my dad had. He was in Blue Steel, so it was uh, bombs under the Vulcans and stuff he used to do. Um, so Forget our... sport. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be another show. Come yeah. back again and talk about it. So uh, uh, his his role in wherever we stayed was never very long. So it was um, perhaps about two or three years before we moved again. And some of the schools uh, my brother and I went to, we were either a year in front or two years behind or, you know, uh, so it, it was quite daunting sometimes, the it's schools. It's amazing. Where, where, where was your favourite? What, favourite school? Yeah. Oh, Don't crumbs. say Coddington. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never went to Coddington. Right. Um, no, my favourite school probably was um, actually just outside... Um, Hitchin. Uh, my dad was stationed at RAF Henlow and um, we went to it was a, a free it was called a free school it was a new way of teaching and um, you you had a sort of a timetable of subjects during the week and you could literally go in and out of whatever subject you wanted to learn so um, I obviously like sport a lot so so I did a lot of sport. Didn't learn very much there, but I, it was very. It, I, I liked it, but we were only there a couple of years. So, um. well, there's a shot. <laughs> there's a, Tony. You you're 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 the way down there. You're hitching. Get that hitching. <laughs> no, I was, I was just going to say he put bombs on the Vulcans. Yeah. What was he a terrorist? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he. It was his role. Uh, RAF Scampton. He was based there. And uh, oh, that was a good place to live. Yeah, because we had a siren on the end of our house, and when it went off, we didn't have to go to school because we couldn't get out of the camp. <laughs> so you learned out. how to make it go off. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> you wired it up. <laughs> Uh, no, my dad, um, he, he was responsible for, say, um, the um, munitions, if you like, that went in the, in the Falcon, in the Falcon bomb- bombers. And, uh, but he also used to teach a lot of foreign um, air force, so the Canadians. Our house was always full, full of foreign, you know, Canadians, French, Italian, um, you know people that came over to learn how to put the bombs underneath but he did have a scare once this this was at scampton um they had all the bombs on the trailers and they weren't uh, armed and uh, supposedly and uh, it it went uh, <laughs> this trolley of bombs went up towards uh, along the runway to one of the vulcans and uh, somebody hadn't attached one quite correctly and it rolled off and it rolled back down and it exploded and my dad did get some shrapnel uh, he got a, a thing in his head so <laughs> yeah it's a very exciting life my dad, you, know? <laughs> you know we have this thing every now and again tony about new heroes don't we <laughs> we've got another one um jumping an awful long way how did you find yourself in gloucester 
Ah, right. Well, I say I worked uh, for North Coast Stephen District Council and unfortunately, um, I'm sure a lot of you realise this, but leisure is a non-statutory requirement of councils. So we don't get any government funding from London and uh, if they need to make any cuts, it's always leisure. So uh, sports, uh, libraries sports centres, you name it, they'll cut it. And at that time, they cut my service. So I had to literally get on my bike and um, find a job. And at that time, um, sports development is very transient. It's, it's it, you know, it's all over the place. And the only job I could find uh, was down in Dorset, in Purbeck, Purbeck Isle. Um, so I got a job down there, sports development officer. And um, but after eighteen months, because Dorset is beautiful, my partner actually, his family lived there now, and I I did live with them while I was working there. A uh, beautiful place, but people go there to retire. So I used to go to meetings, and um, they had loads of money, but didn't want to spend it because they didn't want to do anything with it. So I used just used to go in and say have you got any money yes we have okay i'll have it and i'll develop the sport and it within the 18 months that was there we did loads of stuff it was brilliant um but i it was just tiring because i was traveling back to newark from dorset <laughs> and um yeah it wasn't wasn't a good place and then um and then this job came up in uh, sports development manager in uh hamel Hempstead. I'm travelling I'm, I'm back up the country, uh, sports development manager. So I had that for a couple of years, which was, uh, that was interesting because they have the magic roundabout there. You know, the big one like in Swindon where they have a big one and then eight little roundabouts around the side. That was very interesting learning how to do that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but then <laughs> um, my partner, um, he got, uh, uh, an opportunity to do his masters um, in coaching science um, at Cardiff. So I, this job came up in Gloucester, sport development manager, brand new role, lots of money, and I got it. And that's how I got to Gloucester. <laughs> I was head of head of sports development, physical activity, and health. <laughs> that really just wanted to get involved in cheese rolling. So. Yeah, yeah. That, that, was, that short, was what it's really that was all the about. Short was it? Story, yeah, really. yeah. Cheese rolling. You have to be there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I take it um, you decided retirement was time. Um, well, taking it very early. I got made redundant again. Oh. <laughs> because it's leisure yes and uh yeah uh got made redundant and i just thought you know i've worked 38 years in sport all over the place and i thought no i'm gonna pack it in i'm gonna you know take some time for myself but there's only so much washing ironing gardening you can do when i got bored so you didn't think of a knit and a club then no 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 and uh but throughout my career I have always had volunteers, and uh, they are my lifeblood. I couldn't have done my job anywhere without volunteers. No sport, no unprofessional sport. It's not amateur anymore, but no, no. no. 
players think they're the be all and end all. They're actually not. They're the least of the problems. Yeah. It's it's everybody else to yeah. to actually make make it. this thing. And that's a good thing about sports development. It's taught people that yes, you've got to have something in the background yeah. to make what people want to see work absolutely and there are loads of people out there that have wonderful skills and knowledge and passion that they just want to help to make th- these things work and i know a lot of the clubs and i know a lot of people in newark that belong to football clubs for instance who give up their time their energy their efforts everything to make you know that club yeah. a good they club. don't want to be seen or heard of no i mean no. now i know why the newark half marathon is such a success because i know it was in the background <laughs> orchestrating professional volunteers exactly <laughs> yes yeah. uh, i mean the, the, the newark half marathon is yes. exactly what you're talking about isn't Absolutely. it because it, it the, the unique thing, there's no club rivalry. They all get their heads together, together. And, and put on a tremendous event. Yeah. And, and they're all amateurs doing it. Absolutely. But they have they have. But with your guiding there. light. I know it's your guiding light now. <laughs> I understand that. I always thought it was your dad, but now I know who it is. <laughs> Never mind it's that. mother-in-law. Do not attribute that man to anything. <laughs> oh, bless. He's lovely. The only person that's told me it's your dad is, uh, oh, your dad. Um <laughs> Oh, I love dearly. He's, he's, he's I, wonderful. I think he's wonderful. He comes into the studio. We'll just sit here <laughs> laughing for an hour. Um, uh-huh. Volunteer team leader at, at the WRC 15 at Gloucester. That was, I take it, the first time you've sort of learned. And I'm um, now become a volunteer. What is WC? The, I think it's R. R. W. C. Rugby World Cup. Right. Okay. Rugby World Cup. Gloucester as. I hope you realise that we have a Premier Club. Uh, Which is more than club. Newcastle do now, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And um, they uh, were one of the... It's the second time that Gloucester have hosted games in a World Cup. And um, uh, so it was huge in Gloucester, uh, which it is anyway. Mm. It, on a match day the whole city turns into cherry and white it was the first place i've ever lived in where i actually see young children go down to the park with a rugby ball under their arm and not rather than a football yeah yeah it's phenomenal and um but i was lucky enough i applied to be a volunteer and um i think because i knew gloucester and i knew people uh they actually offered me a paid job as an area manager um, which was fantastic but I still wanted to volunteer so I volunteered at Cardiff and at Twickenham as well uh, so I did stints there and it was just amazing absolutely amazing we're in we're in 2017 then then, then you come and, and sorted out the, the New York half marathon for the lot <laughs> yeah. um, and, and make sure that worked and make sure that that worked <laughs> prop and properly um, and then um just added on in this little list I've, I've got here, Invictus Games Toronto City. Yes. Now, that's taking it to another level. <laughs> with, the, with the greatest of respect for the Rugby World Cup and York on Trent, I know, the Invictus Games in Toronto is a... Well, I, I saw yeah, it... Go on, tell me now, you've met Prince Harry. I have, Yeah, yes. of course, yeah. Uh, yes. Um, I, I saw it on the television um, and and the w- wonderful work that um, Harry is doing with organisations for uh, wood- wounded um, soldiers, women uh, uh, and men. Um, and I just thought, you know, how wonderful is this? So I applied 
Um, and I have to say that there is no guarantee, although I've done a lot of volunteering in various places, there's no guarantee that your application is successful. But I was successful in this and I was just overjoyed and it was the most wonderful experience I've had uh, to date, I have to say. I've done loads of others, but that was just a special, really special thing. Um, yes, bumped into Harry and Megan uh when they were courting and um yeah it was just amazing but he was such a, a you know he he just turned up to you know there was no sort of fanfare and stuff he just turned up sat with the crowd talked with them um but we did have a bit of an incident with uh, mrs trump um, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Tony gives the mic back to Philippa. Yeah. She, uh, she came for the um, one of the games uh, that obviously America were playing in, and um, she came with a 15 car, uh, cattle car, you know. And, um, and uh, Larry just turns up through the back door. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And. Uh, but she insisted on uh, sitting in one of the boxes, the VIP boxes, whereas Harry was actually in the stands, you know, with pe- people. And um, uh, that didn't go down very well. And she never turned up for the closing ceremony. So <laughs> I'm glad you've handed the mic back, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, um, I think something to um, point out, Pat touched on it with volunteering to get into some of these things Pat has to fill out like 20 yeah. pages of forms and yeah. sometimes they're not even in English they're in other <laughs> languages I mean that would put me off enough as it is or at yeah. Newark Half Marathon all you need to do is tell me that you're, not, <laughs> that you're not on holiday or prove to me that you are on holiday and I've already yeah. signed you up so yeah. it's not sometimes it's, it's not a little bit more difficult to get to, get to Toronto yeah. Yeah. yeah you yeah you have to apply you the, 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 I'm, I'm going to run out of yeah. time I know yeah. I am but I've, I've got to ask you this question um, yeah I've Tony, in particular, is is is, is very passionate about um, how our mental health in in, yeah. in sport and how now you can talk about it. Whereas yes. throughout our career, you know, you couldn't, as we mentioned at the top of the show with Robbie Smith. And it, it, I've got a lot of time for Harry because he's brought this out. And if somebody yeah. like Harry can bring it out, then Absolutely. anybody can surely talk about it. And I think people so. now are talking about it. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, that he's not afraid to talk about it. And uh, it was very apparent in um, uh, Toronto because there were obviously a lot of um, people there who were suffering from um, PC, P, PTSD and uh, another, you know, um, mental health problems. But they had counsellors there and people were talking um where we we were based in the Sheraton Hotel, which was there the the athlete space, and um, there's there's like five sets of um, escalators going up and down, and uh, some of them couldn't could not go up them, so they had to be blindfolded and then taken carried up, uh, and and at first you know you could see the embarrass they were embarrassed about it but we we'd had training because you have training about this and um you know afterwards they were fine you know and they'd come up uh you know and thank us for helping them and i mean it it, it was a real 
you know, it, it really, I mean, I cried every day. It was either through joy or through sadness. Um, and it was wonderful because they took their families with them as well. Uh, and it was just great. But I think Harry is doing a, a marvellous job. Yeah, and he certainly should be commended. Next up, we're, we're, we're off to um, the Rugby World Cup seconds, and I wonder which exotic <laughs> city she goes to next. OK, well, um, next up, and we've now got to um, to 2018 on this grand tour of, of the world, um, we're, we're back to rugby. You, you've got a liking for rugby, haven't you? I love rugby. Uh, always have done. Um, although um, both my boys... Uh, Jan and Jason were very good at football and played football all over the place um, they were also very good at rugby um, and uh, my partner he was a schoolboy international and um, he as I say he's a coaching scientist now um, I just love it uh, absolutely love it this is sport and royalty we've got in here tonight Tony. you know that don't you yeah. <laughs> you really do um, appreciate it okay so for the, <laughs> for the rugby world cup sevens in 2018 yes. you found yourself in, in san francisco <laughs> oh well, I've got my hat. I, 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 yes. I don't like bridges i wouldn't like that <laughs> do you um do you take the um children in the party <laughs> No. no. Not yet. I, not yet. Are <laughs> oh, you working on it, Philippa? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's plenty to come, plenty to come. Yeah, it was just uh, another one, and I thought, you know, that that uh, the World Cup, um, you know, Rugby Sevens, uh, and I love to watch it. I love rug Rugby Sevens. And uh, so I applied, had my interview, had to send my CV, and uh, got a role uh, through Spectator Services. And... Um, I uh, yes went over there and one of the girls that I met in Toronto she's actually uh, American she was there as well so it was nice to catch up with her and um, yeah and some of the Gloucester boys were playing in the England team so <laughs> so that was good <laughs> and uh, but it was amazing because um, I'd be going around the um, you know around the pitch it was actually the AT and T. Um, pitch which is a baseball ground the groundsman transformed it into a rugby ground which was excellent it was superb did he get somebody over from europe to tell him what to do no no they were they were brilliant they really were they were so methodical about the grass you know the turf and uh, and uh, and everything but the crowds were really funny because they don't get rugby at all uh, as soon as they heard i was english in the crowd they you know why are they, why are they not wearing pads what what's that silly out they're wearing on the head you know we had this conversation yeah, a couple of weeks ago and it's, and it's oh god isn't it a rough sport and they don't wear pads <laughs> and you know and but they really because they know how to entertain so you told them gloucester men are real men yes yes and, <laughs> but we did have one incident you didn't where, mention rolling cheeses <laughs> <laughs> no um we did have one incident which was uh, quite scary at the time but then turned out to be funny where the police actually arrested two of the fijians because they'd had um not an altercation they just bumped into each other on the pitch and one of them had a, a bleeding nose you know <laughs> as you do in rugby you know what's that as they came off the pitch the police saw it and arrested him for gbh <laughs> you see this is what i this is what i said to jan americans do not understand no. team sport and that that backs my assumption up perfectly so they well they they um 
uh, fenced it all off and they put tape around the blood on the floor I mean it was it was hilarious they had to get the big wigs from uh, uh, rugby uh, that were there um, down to explain to them that this happened the Fiji and he, he was going and the bloke that hit him on the pitch um, came in and said you know it's what we do this is rugby <laughs> and uh, fortunately it was all sort of you know, <laughs> it's brilliant though. <laughs> you see, Jan, if you're out there, if you if you're listening, that's the difference between proper sport and American sport. You see, that is the difference. Oh, and when we say baseball, you really mean rounders, don't you? Uh, <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> no. Um, I'm going to cut this at the end of 2018 because I want you to okay. come back and see us again when you're next. Oh, in, I'd love when to. you're next in Newark, love and we'll to. start with. 2019 because this is too too good just to to brush over (laughs) so let's end tonight then with the summer youth olympics um after san francisco um which i take it was what springtime was it uh yes spring in yeah spring in san francisco uh the summertime you found yourself in (laughs) argentina in buenos aires for the summer youth olympics and again uh, an amazing experience um didn't know an awful lot about the youth olympics i have to say so i had to you know look on the website and stuff and and um but it was it it was a bit of a culture shock uh for me as well because it's it is a third world country heard all about third world countries but obviously never experienced it firsthand um uh but there's the the young people there were just lovely um and the people are the argentinians are wonderful people um when you get a role they always open up a a portal on facebook for volunteers um so that you can communicate to them and find out what's going on and um i opened mine and it was all in spanish and uh, so i just put there and hi i'm pat i'm from the uk you know can anybody give me some tips about accommodation and travel and stuff like that and i had uh, a reply from a lady who was a primary school teacher um spoke english she she was from she is argentinian and uh, she ended up offering me her home with her family and um which i thought was incredibly kind because obviously didn't know I, I me i mean th- there is i would assume still in some places bad blood between the two countries did you find <laughs> an, any or, or um, was she sort you, of welcomed I was welcomed with uh, because as soon as they found out I was English, all the young people found out I was English, I was their best friend because they desperately want to learn English well because they say it's their ticket out. Oh, right. Um, the only time I was asked about the Falklands was when I went into um, Gabby, uh, Gabrielle, who I lived with, um, went into her school. Um, she wanted me to. Um, see all her children and i did a presentation for the older children and uh a one young man actually asked me what i thought about the falklands now he was 14 years old you know uh, and uh gabrielle said to me you don't need to answer and i and i thought and i i said no no i, I will and i said look i said um i'm i'm not political in any way and i said there were horrendous things that happened on both sides you know people were maimed they were killed um i said but i said it happened and i said it's history now uh 
you know, what can you do? You know, and, and he said, he went, oh, fine, okay. <laughs> you, you didn't actually explain to him then that your father used to put the bombs underneath the Vulcan. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Probably one that you'd leave alone. Absolutely, yes, yes. No, I didn't. But that was the only time. Um, I, I'm often, I, I've always the the look on, on those poor Argentinian conscripts at six o'clock in the yeah. morning when out of the sky come because you would have seen Vulcans. Yes, at, yes. Cut out of the sky, something that they've never even seen in their life before. Oh, no. Making the noise that it does, it would have. Uh, it would have done it would have done witless. yes absolutely but it was it was a wonderful um experience and um i say the young people that i've met there um they were so passionate because they see their future in sport for the the real you know in 2020 next year in in uh, in tokyo and and beyond so um that was their goal um you know to improve um, but they 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 did some amazing things. I I was really gobsmacked sometimes on some of the things that they were doing. But it was for the youth, so they had uh, hip hop dancing and uh, inline skating, and um, you know it was it was brilliant, really really good. I've I've been fascinated sitting here for the last hour. <laughs> um, this is part one. There has got to be a part two. Um, <laughs> Obviously, your your trips abroad are, are self funded. I mean, yes. I'm assuming that's yes. the case, and yeah. you know, you're lucky enough to be able to do it. And I that, am. That's absolutely fair yeah. comment. One of the subjects I want to talk to you about when you come back in again is, even in this day and age, our youngsters have to look after them, themselves financial wise. Um, very quick story. Um, Libby Johnson, wonderful, sixteen, seventeen year old girl from newark a mother was a, a single parent she um got a letter from ecb saying you've qualified for the indoor to represent england in the indoor cricket tournament in new zealand blah 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 yeah. this is fantastic well done paragraph two says by the way you've got to raise three thousand five hundred pounds sometime in the yeah. next four months to go so you tell your daughter that you know this fantastic news and then yeah. the next paragraph where the heck does a single parent find three thousand five hundred yeah. and we hear that Time and time and time again. Now, in other countries like Germany and Holland... They fund. They fund and they don't. And I, I want to get into that one with you yes, when you come back certainly. again because that, that deserves more than the certainly minute that will. we've got left. Um, yeah. Because I, I get really annoyed and passionate about that one because they are the future. Absolutely. And, you know, no, once they've made the grade, we're all over them. Yeah. They're brilliant. Yes. But unless the parents are financially, financially well, secure yeah. and yeah. want to give their life to their children's sport yeah don't stand, you know no you've had it anyway I'm, I'm not getting out that one again um, <laughs> and we'll talk about 2019 because you've already got three events under your belt and we're, yeah. we're only halfway through the year um <laughs> philippa thanks for coming in I, I really do appreciate it you haven't said a lot tonight but uh, i'm <laughs> no, sure it's always nice to listen to pat's stories i'm so. sure you'll be back i'll be back back, back with, with soon pat that's a fantastic experience and uh, thank you for coming and telling us all about <laughs> no, it and do pop back in i'm just going to leave you with one thing because it's uh tony's wife it's lucy it's a birthday today happy and he birthday. don't want to say happy birthday yeah. happy birthday lucy <laughs> bye-bye <laughs>